Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my sort of reaction to the Beyond Light vid doc that we finally got. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms, you can find all my content at sntrnetwork.com. The Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and SNTR Presents are all located there with schedules of upcoming episodes, what we're watching and when, so be sure to bookmark sntrnetwork.com. As always, if you prefer just to watch the live content, I'm live Monday through Friday at SNTR sntrlive.com so I'm going to break this down into the good the bad and the questions the remaining questions because there are there's there's a mixed result right now I think a lot of people are kind of holding their breath for this vid doc really hoping to get a clear vision of beyond light and year four and there are many that still have those remaining and lingering questions thank you Colbert uh, Colbert for the for the brand new membership so I'm but I do want to make sure and focus on the good I do think there are really good things in this vid doc and I want to start there but the, I do think there are some bad things about it. I think there's some things about it that were, you know, kind of disappointing. Uh, and then I want to end by saying there are still unanswered questions. So let's just start with the good. We got potential confirmation of more darkness subclasses on the horizon. When they showed the UI, they show that you're actually toggling between darkness subclasses, plural, and light subclasses, plural. It looks like you toggle between them. And then once you pick light, there's the two diamonds out to the left because you obviously have three and when you pick the darkness subclasses, those there are no extra diamonds. I think those diamonds will get filled out in the subsequent years. We're going to go into Lightfall getting our third and final darkness subclass, and we now have a UI reason to think that. So that's pretty exciting. I like when they leave those little breadcrumbs in these uh, trailers and vid docs. The story elements look really, really strong. Uh, not since Forsaken, I'm sorry, yeah, not since Forsaken and Taken King have we had strong story elements like this. Uh, we finally know the season name, the story, and the content, what that looks like. The fact that they're bringing back Aldrin, and he's sort of teamed up with Osiris, it looks like, and we're doing stuff with Spider, and there's a content loop, and, you know, th- th- that's on the calendar now. We have a calendar. I think those are good things. I, for one, can now say... If I was a, if I was a, uh, you know, beyond light player who was getting it through game pass, I now know that $10 is going to buy me a separate story, a separate activity and sort of a separate, you know, seasonal progression element. We always know that you're getting the stuff on the season pass and all of that. So I feel a little bit better about that. I still don't feel that way about beyond light, but I'm actually glad to say now I know what the $10 is going for, for season of the hunt. Another good thing I think that we see in the vid doc is the transition into this year is more fluid after Season of Arrivals and all the year three story building. It's one cohesive story. It doesn't feel like we're suddenly doing something else. Shadowkeep kind of did that. Kind of out of left field, we're doing something else. This is more of a story build. This is more of a progression of a larger story and I appreciate that. It makes the game I think feel a little bit more meaningful and important and obviously the return to the Cosmodrome is going to bring some of that nostalgia. So those are all of the good things in this vid doc if you were on the fence you might still be on the fence these things might not sway you for the people that really wanted to see a solid story and get more info on the actual season for the ten dollars i believe those people have their those questions uh answered okay now to the bad this is where it's going to get critical and i think some people are going to be like why all the negativity why all the pessimism This is supposed to be a pretty big year for Destiny. It's also been delayed, and we're also been sort of sitting around wondering why would I spend 50 when past, you know, expansions didn't cost that much, and I still feel like we don't necessarily have that clear picture. The really 
first initial disappointing bad thing about this vid doc for me personally was that the first 10 minutes are just mostly facts and elements that we already knew. They already outlined the, the, the weather information and the exotics and Europa and stasis and aspects and fragments. They literally spend 10 minutes of a 15 minute vid doc telling us stuff that we already know. Now I will be, I'll try to be understanding here and say that maybe the delay is, is more of a problem here. Because of the delay, they had to kind of drip feed information about exotics and different things and aspects and fragments and stasis instead of us learning about them in this vid doc, right? It could have been that this vid doc was originally planned to outline all this stuff and they had to start grabbing things from it to give us something. Keep in mind, if you're upset that the first 10 minutes is only containing things that we've already heard, you might also be the person that was begging for more information for the past month and they tried to give you some of that info. I'm not saying that I'm mad at them. I'm just saying that was one of the more disappointing aspects of it. We've been kind of holding our breath for the vid doc and the vid doc contains two thirds of it of the, of the 15 minutes, two thirds of the vid doc is stuff that we already knew. So there wasn't a whole lot of wow factor for those of us that have been kind of sitting around waiting. Keep in mind, not everybody reads the twabs week to week and checks the blog posts week to week. So they might've missed the thing about the storms or the aspects and the fragments and the, and the various natures of the story elements that we already learned about. The other reason I found this to be a more disappointing vid doc is we went back and watched the Shadowkeep vid doc and it was more about this passion and this vision for where they wanted to take the game and Shadowkeep was the first step in that direction and if they didn't get things right they would improve them in year 4 we also had director's cuts leading up to this really establishing things that we still have not seen any information about. This felt more like marketing and hype than the vision casting and the transparency that we got in the Shadowkeep vid doc. I'm not saying every vid doc needs to be the same but I was really really hoping if you go we actually went back and we watched the forsaken vid doc and then the shadow keep vid doc and there seemed to be a change in tone from one to the other and it was like oh now that they're on their own there's more transparency honesty and there's more passion and unfortunately I didn't get that in this one as much. Now, I did with respect to the story elements, like Zivu Arath suddenly showing up, and Aldrin showing up, and Osiris coming back into the picture. I am excited about those elements. I really like that they're 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 seemingly pouring a lot of passion and love into how the story un- unfolds, but as someone who plays day in, day out, and week to week, I am more concerned about loot quantity and content loops, and we didn't see a lot about that. It still feels like, okay, it still feels like they are obscuring just how much content and loot we will be getting for the 40 and the 10. I I, I still feel foggy. I feel better about the 10, but for the 40, one planet, a new planet, right? Cosmodrome isn't really, you know, there. And uh, keep in mind, the planets are free, so this is also where the the water gets muddy. A planet, subclasses, one strike, and a raid feels light for the 40. Now, somebody might look at him like, Lono, that's awesome. Europa looks huge. We're getting new subclasses, a new raid, a new strike. I still have questions. Uh, one of the main ones is, 
is the empire hunts an activity or are they just dressing up the campaign to trick us there's something else on the calendar it says something to the effect of the glass something strike opens is that just the new strike or is it something opening is there an activity associated with beyond light these things are still obscured from our vision which leads to the last section here the questions the good the bad and the questions we still have a lot of remaining questions about what exactly this will look like as well with year four think about this with me for just a second we still don't have a clear vision for what year four will look like and the best example i can give you season of the hunt runs until february all right the winter season typically kicks off in december and that's not happening so they're either shuffling everything back which means witch queen will be a november launch date just like beyond light it's possible they're doing that it's possible one of the seasons is going to get a squish and shrunken down we're not really sure that's just another example i think in many examples of how we don't have the clearest of vision right now into what year four and beyond light will look like and feel like and vid docs typically kind of set that tone the content loop and the loot quantity still feels thin and we're not sure about expansion versus season versus free for activities that is still murky and what am i getting in the expansion what am i getting in the season can i contrast that against what's free and what am i getting for the money it's getting really obscured again it's very muddy when you go to the calendar there's a huge list of stuff for free and then not it doesn't seem like we have a lot of meat on the bones for what i'm actually uh paying for another really big question that we've continued to get and i think this is completely valid the base game is always going to be kind of on our radar will the vendors or the core activities get anything in the form of an update or the reinvigoration that luke smith talked about or a loot pool update These are big questions that we have. I really, really thought we were going to get kind of a we've combed over the whole game. We've done a UI update. We've done this. We've done that to make the base game feel better and more full. Unfortunately, right now, for those that were still on the fence and didn't feel like they had enough info, this just looks like another hype train, which is hard to get on that hype train when 10 minutes of the video was stuff that we've already kind of seen. And understandably, I think some of us got excited about stasis, aspects and fragments and the exotics and the weather and the story elements we did we got excited about those things it's hard to get excited about them again when we hear about them in a vid doc we were kind of holding our breath for so we're going to transition to q a with the live audience as well as live call-ins with vip members as two separate segments so if you're in the live audience don't go anywhere if you become a paying member you can submit questions for what we're about to do as always if you're listening elsewhere go to sntrlive.com if you want to uh, watch me live or go to sntrnetwork.com if you want to bookmark the site with all my shows as always if you're listening or watching in the other locations please like share and subscribe or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about the vid doc, the good, the bad, and the questions that we still have. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms that are out there, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. If you prefer to have all my content in one location, just go to sntrnetwork.com and bookmark it. sntrnetwork.com has the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and SNTR Presents. It has the schedule, all the videos, everything's there. This is purely a live channel now, so the uploads do hit a different channel and that's a great place to find it all so we're gonna dive right into the questions we have a lot of them the uh the hype and the frustration are kind of equally swirling all right 
So, uh, Necro says, They pulled at our heartstrings. It was a short vid doc. They also showed the roadmap. What do you believe is missing? What paid? Uh, what's paid content here? This is where, at the end of my talk, I said expansion versus season versus free. It's, it's hard to get a firm grasp on those things. Okay, if you ask me right now to get out a whiteboard and be like, here's what you get in the expansion paid, here's what you get in the season paid, and then here's what's free to create a contrast for you, I would have a difficult time doing some of that. It would be tough. We know some things, but we still lack, I think, some of that clarity. And I don't think it's necessarily like they're trying to be misleading or anything. What I think is it is more indicative of the fact that they're trying to do the free-to-play entry point. They're trying to do the thing with Game Pass. And it's... I think that's making it difficult for us to say what's the difference. So was the vid dot good? Yes. I think the story elements were probably the strongest aspects of the vid doc. And people are like, well, isn't that the longest one to date? It is, but it also spent 10 minutes telling us stuff we already knew. When I watched the 10-minute Shadowkeep vid doc, none of it was repeat information. 10 minutes of this 15 uh, 15 10 minutes of this 15-minute vid doc, 10 minutes was stuff we already knew. And vid docs have not typically done that in the past. Things were a surprise. Things were new. This is where we're going. This is what we're changing. We're we're adding this, we're adding that. You know, armor 2.0, customization, the artifact, infinite leveling, the season pass. Like there's all this new information that came out in that vid doc. This vid doc was 10 minutes of stuff that we already knew. Now, to be fair, the marketing campaign was different this time. And so, because of the delay, maybe they had to give us some breadcrumbs that they originally didn't plan on giving us. If you delete the dynamic weather blog, if you delete the blog about the exotics, okay, uh, what would be something else that they told us that we already knew about? I'm trying to think. About uh, aspects and fragments. If, if you remove all those blog posts, this... This would be a really exciting vid doc. We'd be like, oh my gosh, Aspects and Fragments, what was that? Oh wow, the weather's going to change? They invested in a dynamic weather system? Oh wow, look look at all these cool exotics. I think they ended up hurting the value and the punch and the potency of this vid doc because they had to start giving us info. By and large, when they did the Shadow Keep, I'm sorry, when they did the Forsaken vid doc, and then two months later they did the seasonal vid doc. I mean, that was in the summer. That was in the summer when we got all that. So we're in a completely different scenario. I think, unfortunately, they've been keeping their cards close to their chest. So everything's up against this wall of like, now we're really close to the release schedule. And the road to get here was paved with information they may originally didn't plan on giving us. And I'm not making excuses, by the way. I'm simply trying to have an understanding outlook on why this is a different time. If we would have watched this vid doc a month ago, I think it would have landed totally differently on people. It would have landed completely differently. We would have said, wow, they're really investing in this game. The UI looks different, a dark subclass, a dark subclass menu that's completely new with respect to depth and customization, dynamic weather, they're adding, um, oh, what was the other thing? I keep forgetting. Oh, all the exotics. You know, I think the first 10 minutes was that stuff. And so that stuff's not landing on you because you're like, know it, know it, know it, know it. Check, 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 check. Um, 
So, and think about it. What's the thing that most of us were the most excited about? The new stuff. Aldrin showing up. Learning about the season of the hunt with Osiris and Aldrin and these things that are happening on the planets and spiders involved. That was the stuff that got us the most exciting. Why? Because it was new. So, when I try to draw a comparison and a contrast, I will say the tone of this was more marketing, was more hype oriented. It wasn't so much transparency. It wasn't so much quality of life and system-wide improvements. They didn't get in any of that. I did find that aspect disappointing. I don't think a vid doc is the place to do hype, 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 hype for 15 minutes. I think a vid doc is a great place to really outline system changes that you're doing and they didn't do that. Quality of life changes. They didn't do that. Is that going to be in another video? It'd be nice is there going to be a shorter video about what's year four going to look like because the season of the hunt runs until February you know what's year four going to look like with respect to like you guys talked about all these things that were supposed to change now the TWAB could put meat on uh, on some of the bones here the TWAB could be like listen progression's changing bam bounties are changing bam economy's changing bam and we'd be like oh okay that's a better insight into you know what year four is going to feel like I would just continue to say that I don't feel worried. I'm just like concerned about the reasons. Let me let me make this very clear. I'm concerned about the reasons for obscurity, okay? What are the reasons for the obscurity? Cuz it feels really really obscure. It, it, it is there a reason? Is there a good reason for that? It, is it because they're keeping their cards close to their chest? Is it because they're they're you know they've got really really big surprises they can't give away, or is it because it's thin? I, you know what I'm saying? That's where I'm I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the reason for the obscurity. It's not the obscurity itself that concerns me. There could be really really good reasons for the obscurity. What's the difference between worry and concern? Well, what I'm trying to say is worry, concern, whichever word you want to use. I'm not worried about them being obscure. I'm worried about why they're being obscure. Is it is it because they're trying to keep things a mystery? Is it because they've got surprises they don't want to give away and they're trying to do that whole... They did it with Season of Arrivals, right? They let us kind of discover things on our own. You know, they, they didn't like telling us everything up front. Is that why they're being obscure? You know? Apparently, the group text of the enemy is not happy about your viewership. I've cultivated a double agent. I I hope nothing on my face changed. I don't care. If they're angry about my success, let them have a bad emotional state for the day. I'm, I'm feeling good. Therapy's going good. Family, relationship, all of it. Like, cool. Stew in your hate. The reasons for being obscure could lean either way. And at this time, I'd imagine it's going to be something we're going to have to find out via experience. Right, like, they said this. There was a community manager from Germany who said that after the thing with the Bastion, they were experimenting with keeping things more of a mystery, keeping things more obscure. They may still be on those marching orders. It could be just a very generic marketing marching order to be like, listen, keep that stuff tucked away. Keep it tucked away. Don't don't put all that out there. We don't want people knowing about that stuff right now. So. And Splatoon, just just to be absolutely real with you, if you can get concrete evidence and you're actually telling the truth, 
then I would love to have that concrete evidence sent to me because if there is collusion with respect to harassment and collusion for harming me and going after me I would actually love to have that stuff because I'm sure uh, my lawyer would like to see it as well Ashen I was feeling the hype I'm going to pre-order the deluxe but I'm really worried that the seasonal public events seem to be their way forward for content are you concerned as well yeah, we touched about this in the interim. Uh, we touched about this in the interim. The idea that someone was like, why do you think they've moved away from stuff like Sundial and not and doing more stuff like Tower Event and Contact Public Event? Because it does actually look like when you look at how they talk about it, um, how they talk about it, it does seem like more, more like uh, public event stuff. And if that's the case, okay, then I think it's a valid question. Man, why are why are y'all doing that? Why are you doing more public event stuff? And my answer was very simple to the person that asked. I said, I think we know the answer. It's a lot easier to make something for the public space. Because the the, the area already exists. Does that make sense? Does uh, premium YouTube have anything to do help your channel like Prime? I get I get ad revenue. Yes, if you're a premium viewer, because you get you don't have to see the ads. It treats you as if you do. Um, so it, it it is concerning. Now we don't know. They could still do matchmaking. Public event stuff is more annoying than anything because of the lack of matchmaking. I also said this in my response to the person's concern. And I want to say it again now, so it's on the recording. I basically said when they did their little blog post about the questing script and the physics script that enables you now if you're in the tower and you walk up to somebody and they invite you to their fire team you don't reinstance it's just bam you're suddenly in their fire team that technology update okay that that technology update actually could mean they could do what I called instance migration so when you go and initiate something it just puts people in your instance I'm not telling you that we're going to get that okay um it 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 could lead to that is what I'm trying to say um I, I'm not trying to say, yo, yeah, we're definitely going to be getting that. We're definitely going to be getting that. But we do know, we do know that they do have that as a quality of life improvement that's coming from some script changes. Now, listen, right now they already do this. They don't tell you, and they should. When you start the contact public event, it really does seem like it tries to put people in your instance. Okay, so they've already made this effort to say, okay, if nobody's in your instance and you start it, we're going to try and put people in your instance. Now, unfortunately, tons of people are like, I don't, I don't know that if I'm standing around and no one's around, I'm just going to wait to activate it. Do you want to know why I know that? I have gone countless times to Titan IO. I walk up to the contact public event and there's just some bro just standing there. Just look. Yep. I'm just going to stand here. 
and and I think that's I think that's one of the problems is like they don't know if they initiated it's going to throw people in and these script updates could enable them to do host migration so if you and one other person and two people over here are in separate instances but you're both getting ready to start the event it could suddenly mash you together now they could literally put that on your screen when you go to initiate it it could say match make and you'd be like what's that you hit it and then wham there's suddenly people in your instance and you're off to the races that could be a net benefit of these scripting changes and and uh, and things like that. Um, uh, hang on. Hmm. Sorry, I had to type something to one of my mods. So, I'm hoping that they do that. I'm hoping that they do that because it's like I, uh, that's one of the dilemmas of the public space. Let's say you're like central time zone and you work midnight shift and you come home and you want to play some destiny, right? You want to play some destiny and uh, you want to kind of dive in and you go to the public space and in your region, no one's there. Well, that's really disconcerting. You're going to look at them and be like, what the frick? What is this? There's no one here. And then you're not going to hit the button and you're not going to do the thing. One of the things that they did with forges that worked so well is you drove back to it and instead of like slow walking archons forging or blind well slow walking instead of that what did you do you hit a button matchmaking and what did it do it had to reinstance you what if the script changes does the same thing but instead just like in the tower when it finds you people to play with instead of making you reinstance and re and re and reland it just throws people in there with you they said that they said if you walk up with somebody in the tower and they send you an invitation you're just suddenly in their fire team that could you know that could do some uh, some on the fly matchmaking in the public space that's never been possible before. You know what I mean? Darksider with the next uh, question. With the roadmap, it looks like for forty dollars we're getting one campaign. Uh, a camp. I'm sorry, campaign like missions, stasis raid, exotic quest. This feels lackluster for the price point. Do you fear that Beyond Light is half baked like Trials, or there is still hope for it? I have questions about two things specifically, and we're going to go to the season pass right now so I say it properly. First and, foremo- fo- first and foremost, what is the Empire Hunts? What is that? Okay, Is that a fancy way of saying campaign, or is that an actual activity? Is that an activity that is like Nightmare Hunts? Second question. The Glassway Strike opens. Okay, Is that literally just you saying... Uh, that you got a you got a you got a strike that's coming on that day since when do you say a strike opens you know that doesn't make any sense they don't say a strike opens they would they wouldn't even but so those are the two big questions i have when i read this i read this and i'm like dude i don't know is this an activity is the glassway strike an activity are they not activities? If that's just a fancy way of saying the campaign starts and then the, a strike gets launched, I'm going to be like, I'm sorry, what? The strike logo uh, the strike logo is different too? Well, that's just the logo for the for the, the actual um, Beyond Light logo. It's the same logo. It would say strike launches. Yeah, I mean, over here, they say 
new strike added to playlist is free to all players. So the new strike added to the playlist. Okay, then what the frick does Glassway Strike Opens mean? What does Empire Hunts mean? These are just questions that I have. It's like, what are what it, what actually are these are these activities? Are these content loops? Am I gonna be able to farm them? Like nightmare hunts were farmable. There wasn't a whole the, the, the loot grind there was a little a little messed up. Cyberpunk delayed until December. Man, oh man. They are doing everything they can to keep that game inside of 2020. And I feel like it's not gonna happen. Is there a chance that the strike is in the raid area? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. The, the, what are the, what, what's Europa's secrets that ends on January the 12th? Is that when they stop rolling out aspects and fragments? Is that a dungeon? Is that a, is that an exotic dungeon? Like the Whisperer, the Outbreak? I don't know. There is apparently uncovering Europa's secrets starts with the launch of Beyond Light and it concludes on January the 12th, which is a Tuesday. I don't know what that is. Now keep in mind, keep in mind, they even added a they even added a square for and more that has a picture. We don't know what that means either. You can't find the source for the cyberpunk delay. Uh, I would try their official Twitter account. Um, that's what somebody said. That's not bait, unless it's a fake cyberpunk Twitter account. Somebody just put it in my Discord. So. Chef with the next question says, after seeing not much more revealed for Beyond Light itself, do you think the expansion really hinges on Europa and its secrets? Like if it's similar to the Dreaming City, it may hit a lot better. I mean, okay, this is actually a really, really good thing to point out. All right. Um, The way they did the Dreaming City, uh, the way they did the Dreaming City is actually pretty cool. It week to week changed and outlined all this stuff. And if you go back and we went back and we watched the Forsaken, we went back and watched the Forsaken uh, vid doc. And in that vid doc, they made it pretty clear that like the Raiders were going to change the actual destination. The destination was going to change over the weeks to come. Uh, I would say that could be the read here, right? That could be the read here. You know? that they're they're trying to do this unraveling Europa's secrets thing and that could be pretty awesome and maybe it does maybe it culminates on the 12th because the 12th is a reset day it's Tuesday it culminates on the 12th and it opens up a dungeon an exotic dungeon or something to that effect you know Strider Prime says um Looking at the UI, what do you think the chances are we have secondary classes equipped, like job systems in other games? No. No. This is not... I don't think this is an accurate read about what we saw in the trailer. What we saw in the trailer was toggling between... Um, I don't know why. It must be on autoplay. Oh, no. That's the vid doc just looping. I was like, what the frick was that? Um, the... Uh, it looked like you were literally toggling between the the dark dark subclasses and light subclasses. Once you toggled that, you pick which subclass you want. So when they were on light subclasses, there were two tri- there were two diamonds out to the left. 
when they switched to darkness subclass there were no diamonds because there's only one darkness subclass but it did say darkness subclasses plural i think that's significant we've been saying we feel like we're going to end up with three i think the ui points to that big time uh, finding chemo at the end of the roadmap it shows and more what else would you like to see in terms of activities do you think there may be more exotics than just those 13 I don't want to start saying that there's going to be all this extra stuff that they're keeping behind the scenes like exotics and stuff but and more typically refers to hidden dungeon hidden quests you know something to that effect I don't know if in the previous uh, calendars if you guys want to look at them did the previous calendars for Shadowkeep or Forsaken have an entire square dedicated to and more? They would usually say and more, but I don't think they'd put it on an entire square with a picture. Now that could just be worrying because maybe they did that to even out the map, the, the calendar. Or maybe it's because, no, there's actually some pretty cool stuff for the and more. It is going it, to, it, it, we just didn't want to put it on the calendar. Like Bastion, like Corridors of Time, you know? They didn't put they put that on there and end up backfiring on them. So maybe they're taking certain things, mysterious things, surprise things, live event things, and being like, nope, we're not putting that on the calendar anymore. We're gonna save that as a surprise. Yeah, because like the Shadow Keep one, I don't even know if it says and more anywhere on here. No, it doesn't say and more anywhere for Shadow Keep. So, I mean I would say that's a tonal change. The fact that it has a whole thing, you know what I mean? That says, and more. And you gotta remember that during quarters of time and Bastion and all that, and all those things were on the calendar and people got really angry because it ruined the quote-unquote surprise, you know? So, I don't know. They always say, and more, playing on the three surprise quests we've had in five years. Well, no, I'm not playing on that. Shadowkeep had Altar of Sorrows. They didn't tell us about that. Um, I don't know. Is the dungeon included on that roadmap? I think it was, wasn't it? I think the dungeon was included. Um, Yeah, dungeon launch was included. That is true. So I put the dungeon on there. Outbreak, Outbreak, Whisper, Altar of Sorrows. They never said anything to us. Corridors of Time and the Bastion were essentially surprises. They were supposed to be surprises. I think there's been a pretty consistent level of like, boom, random thing happening in the game, you know, to say there might be stuff. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that that's what's going on. You know, I'm not saying that's what's going on. Forsaken? Oh, that's a free-to-play drop page, though, uh, based on Impulse. Um, that's a first. That's that's not that's not what we saw when Forsaken launched. I don't think that's what it said. So, uh, Anbu. So, given what we saw in the vid doc with some of the in-game cutscenes, is this finally going to be the first movement away from telling the story via lore cards and more towards actual in-game events, or am I just being naive? I mean, all of Year Three, I feel like they had pretty solid uh, storytelling in the game. Um, I would say maybe this. This season in particular is another example of that. That, you know, they they brought they brought a consistent story you could play each week. It, you know, there was information and dialogue, you know, every week to move it along. It culminated in a pretty cool environment and really, really cool uh, development. And it's going to be a great handoff to the next season. Here's, here's what people are, I think, commonly arguing for two different things okay I want the story to be in the game not in the lore cards 
Okay, they cannot inject a, a, a cutscene with a ridiculous amount of lore. It would feel strange to suddenly have this long expositional scene where they're saying all this stuff. Okay, it's easier to put that kind of lore, that re- revelatory lore, as they're revealing it to you. It's a little bit easier to do that with dialogue. I think good examples of this is the dialogue that switched week to week with interference as well as the mission to get Felwinters when we went down and saw all of the the things about Felwinters and Rasputin. I think in both of these scenarios, they did a very good job giving you really, really cool story, and they did it through audio and dialogue. You have to be open to the fact that you might have to rerun a piece of content to get the revelatory lore as opposed to reading it in a lore card. I will also say the Fellwinter quest and the area and then the Fellwinter lore you got for using the shotgun was all really, really dope. And so sometimes it's kind of all got to go together, you know? It all has to kind of come together. So you, you, I think you have to be accepting of the various ways they tell story and not ask for just one particular way. Cutscene, audio, dialogue, lore cards. I think all we're kind of banging on all cylinders with Interference Mission and with the Fellwinter's Mission. Uh, so that that's how I would frame it. I would frame it in that way so that I, I and I think Interference Mission might be the first look into how they might start doing that. Looking at the calendar again, I'm confused. They don't have new activity wrote under the launch day thing, but the Empire Hunt starts on the November 10th, which is launch day. Right, so launch date could literally be... uh, You know what I'm saying? Launch date could literally be just the beginning of the story. The Empire thing could just be the story. We hunted down the Barons. That was nothing. I don't know. Maybe they're trying to keep it kind of hush-hush, you know? The whole syringe says, why do you think the seasonal activity doesn't start until the second week of Beyond Light? I think they're just trying to stagger value because that first couple of weeks, you're just enjoying the campaign. And let's be fair here. It seems like the season has its own campaign. Like we're not just going. The Vex Offensive didn't like Season of the Undying didn't really offer a campaign. Like we were doing stuff with Ikora, but it wasn't really a campaign. It seems like there's an actual season campaign. We go to Spider with Osiris. We run into Aldrin. Aldrin's apparently working with Osiris and we're doing stuff with them. So it seems to me they're going to give you the first week to get through the Beyond Light story, and then the season has its own story, and that's why they're kind of separating them. That, I think, is inc- that was the one element of this that was encouraging to me. It was actually encouraging that the seasonal content's $10, and it's, like, separate. You know? It's just separate. It's like, no, it's its own thing. That gives me more confidence in the $10. I'm actually more foggy on Beyond Light than I am on the season. The season looks good cool story return of aldrin activity we know there'll be loot we know there's a season pass that's worth ten dollars to me it is it is it's a content loop it's 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 loot drops and a season pass and what seems like really cool story that's worth 10 bucks what am i getting for the 40 it still feels a little foggy you know it does vex offensive started when the world first ended yeah they tied vex offensive to the garden of salvation raid fairly certain i'm fairly certain uh, whole syringe with another one. Is it possible the Taken Queen expansion refers to Zivu Arath and not Savathun? 
No. No, 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 no. Slow down. Slow down, cowboy. You know? I know I like to defend my positions and theories, but my position on Savathun being the Taken Queen has been solidified by multiple lines in lore and dialogue. They've referred to her as the Witch Queen. They have referred to her as the Taken Queen. She is it, my friend. Zivu Arath is something separate or something for that she's doing for Savathun. That is, Zivu Arath is not the Witch Queen. It is not the Taken Queen. It has been solidified both in lore and in dialogue in the game that Savathun is the Witch Queen, the Taken Queen. 100%. Teddy says that I'm 100% telling you the Empire Hunt is the activity just like Nightmare Hunts were. Why would they separate it from the story otherwise? I, I agree with Teddy's take. I, I, I really do. If they're putting that on there and it's not an activity, man, they're signing up to really tick people off. They're like, so you literally just put the campaign on there and gave it a different title? That's really misleading. <laughs> That's really misleading. So, I'm worried Zivu will just be an underwhelming seasonal boss like Undying Mine, entirely pointless. Oh, uh, they're taking us to the Dreaming City, so I don't know. I don't know. Raid weapons were better when they had set roles. Um, yes and no. Yes and no. Uh, Taking King weapons sucked. They were all static. Um, Cocoon was a bummer of a perk. Vog was Vog had great weapons, and then uh, Wrath weapons were were all set. I'm asking for more. I think you can do random rolls and make them awesome. I think you can do both. If you want to go back to static rolls, then. You know, jump in the DeLorean and go back. I don't want to go back to static rolls. I think we can learn and glean from weapons like Fatebringer and Genesis Chain from Wrath and say, okay, we can create a god tier um, curated role, a god tier curated role, but there's still random rolls. So there's a there's an element of loot pursuit. Static rolls is terrible um, because it turns everything into a binary grind. It's either a zero or a one. You either have it or you don't. And when you get it, you're suddenly not interested. Uh, the Ikolos shotgun would be the perfect example of this. Random rolls are uh, are a great system when utilized properly. So, Clickfire. Do you think it was a mistake for Bungie to start making new locations free back in year two as it not only muddies the water of what people are paying for, but also it most likely takes a good chunk of development time? This is why I said in Season of Arrivals, and I will continue to say, they really, really need to establish what am I getting when I pay money, okay? If you can go to Europa for free, and I go to Europa and I paid money, what am I getting there that you aren't? Is there an activity I can access that's solid and enjoyable, and does it have cool loot in it? Is there something I can do and engage in that you can't? You know, you want to drive around in your sparrow and do public events and experience the storms. Cool. Here's how I look at it. If I were in charge, okay, look at the season pass. Season pass has the top track that's free and the bottom track that's paid. And it doesn't take a genius or Sherlock Holmes to figure out, bam, you look at it and you know, not a lot for free, way more for pay. So you're like, let me get let me get that $10 upgrade, dude. Look at all that stuff I get. I would take that. I would take that philosophy and I would apply it to something like Europa. Here's Europa. Drive around. There's pub events. However, 
If you buy the expansion, there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this. Like, it should be listed out. Activity, loot pool, grind, content loop, like, snack all those things on there. Because right now, like, it's so clear when I look at a season pass. Oh, wow, I get that, that, that. I get an ornament. I get another ornament. I get an ornamental set of armor. I get an exotic sparrow. I get an exotic ship. I get an exotic ghost. I get all these things on that bottom rung. There's no question. You're like, yeah, give me the 10. I'll take the 10. I'll take all that extra stuff. If you add up on three characters, all the cosmetic items you get, you get way more than the 10 bucks. So they have to make that clear. When you buy Beyond Light, Sure, everybody gets Europa, but you get boom, 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 bullet points. There's got to be bullet points. When you compared Season of Arrivals, the paid content versus the free content, it was extremely difficult to see what actually we got that was different. So, Han Solo, not to be against how you feel, but I believe that every time we get more info, you just want more. What line do you draw before it's too much info? I love watching it. I mean no disrespect. I don't feel disrespected by what you're saying. I'm going to push back on your summary, though, about how every time we get more info, I want more. I've continued to ask the same questions. So I'm not asking new questions. It's not like they gave me a bunch of info and I'm like, all right, thanks, thanks, thanks. But uh, what about this? And I pull out some other list of questions. I continue to say the same thing. What does the content loop look like? What does the loot injection look like? What's year four going to look like? Are you changing leveling? Where are the quality of life updates to the various things we've been doing? Bounties. Uh, Bounties. Any quality of life updates to the gun system? These are the questions I've been asking. I've not come up with new questions after like they tell me some stuff and I'm like okay that's all well and good but now I have seven more questions I have to ask I even said yesterday and this morning you can go back and you can watch the tapes what do you want from the vid doc and I said I really really want a vision cast for what Beyond Light's going to feel like and what year four is going to feel like we didn't really get that okay yeah I stream on YouTube exclusively now the first 10 minutes of the vid doc was stuff we already knew it was stuff we already knew here's exotics here's aspects and fragments here's dynamic weather here's Europa great I already knew all that I, you know in Shadowkeep's vid doc they were like here's armor 2.0 here is the, uh, the the fragment no no I'm sorry not the fragment the artifact they, they started going through all the things they were doing to make the game more enjoyable, changing things about the game's core. Now, if they're not making fundamental, you know, core level changes to this game, they can't put that. I can't put that. And again, I'm giving, I'm giving some room for the first 10 minutes to have been somewhat cannibalized by the delay. They had the delay, so a lot of things in the first 10 minutes, they had to put in blog posts, and so we got that information earlier. If we didn't know about dynamic weather aspects and fragments and all those exotics, the first 10 minutes would have been a lot more exciting. So I'm not asking for more info. I'm not. I'm like, okay, you gave me the same stuff I already knew. And look at what I celebrated today. Ah, ah, in my defense, in my defense, Mr. Solo, in my defense... 
today I said the best aspect of today was the information about the season and what have I been saying up to this moment if I'm a Beyond Light player through Game Pass I don't know what I get for the $10 in the season today we got a name Season of the Hunt we got the campaign structure Osiris, Aldrin, and Spider working to do something with these infestations that are showing up everywhere and a content loop we know the content loop is going to be some semblance of a public space grind like we've gotten before so I'm like okay boom you answer that question I now know about Season of the Hunt, and that has checked that box for me. I feel like I could spend that $10 and know what I'm getting. And I said that a little bit ago. So I think I'm being fair. That was a question that I had. I feel like that question uh, is has been answered. Now, I have the only lingering question I have about Season of the Hunt is the activity's logistics. Does it have its own loot? And is there any kind of matchmaking? I think those are fair questions to ask, given the criticism of Contact Public Event and the Tower Public Event of being more public space, failable grind. Contact's gotten more praise, but still, people I think are getting kind of tired of it. Han Solo with a five spot. Thank you for your summary. Help me understand your point. Keep it up. Thank you for the five spot, dude. I appreciate it. So, listen... I think the reason you might get this sense is I do think there are people that will never kind of be satisfied. They're always going to be cross-armed and skeptical, uh, the skeptical and pessimistic. And I enjoy having those people around. I think their perspective is helpful, although their perspective can be a little bit tiring, you know, because it, it feels like they're never really satisfied. But for the most part, for the most part, I feel like I've been pretty fair in, in the requests for information here's, and let me defend why I think it's fair. There was a director's cut earlier this year from Luke Smith where he said they were going to reinvigorate core activities. We still have no idea what what they're doing to do that. Refuel aspiration. We got no clue what that means. Adept weaponry, loot hierarchy, sunsetting. We have a very dim idea of what that's going to look like. All we've seen is the trials adept weapons, okay? He cast that vision. Uh, XP, bounty focus, and leveling. All right, that should be covered this week in the TWAB. So I'm okay to kind of like put that finger down and say these big three things right here. He cast that vision in a director's cut, and I'm like, you gonna talk about any of that? How are you reinvigorating the core activities? How are you refueling aspiration? How are you creating loot hierarchy? Since that was the entire reason you did sunsetting, you instituted an entire system of loot retirement that's not too popular with some folks. And where's the loot hierarchy? Are we going to have to wait to find all that out? He cast the vision and set my expectations. I did not set them as the game franchise lead he did. And that's what I'm looking for leading to Beyond Light. Okay? I think these are fair expectations. Drewski, do you think that we get a second vid doc before the season starts? Looking back at Shadowkeep, we got two. The first was very story-driven, and the second was more about the vision for the year. I hope so. They did two for uh, Forsaken as well. So there is a bit of a pattern for two. There is a pattern for two uh, vid docs. However, this one was long, and it may have been two wrapped into one. The, the, the seasonal stuff at the end with Aldrin and all that, that may have been planned for a separate, a separate vid doc, and they, shoot, they just slammed it into one. It is possible we got a two-for-one in this. Um, So, again, again, I still feel like they got to tell us what's going on in year four. Because Season of the Hunt goes till February. So, what are we going? You know what I mean? Where where are we going? Where are we going? I'm kind of tired of that guy. He brings a vibe I don't want here, so, bye. 
Herpin and Derpin uh, says, with the new exotic armor making its way into the game, is this a chance for Bungie to rework vault old exotic armor like the Aeon exotics? If they start sunsetting exotics, they're going to have to really prove themselves before they do it. Um, I don't know, dude. They have really made sunsetting unappealing almost intentionally by what they did with the gnawing hunger and when they announced the adept weapons for trials aren't going to have their, their their infusion limitation are going to be set to season of the worthy. I'm sorry, what? What the what the frick? Huh? Like, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. They're doing everything they can to make sunsetting really unappealing. Like, how can we make sunsetting more disliked and make the community more skeptical about it? They are doing their darndest to make it an unappealing change. <laughs> so they got some, they really got to win some community goodwill before they can start sunsetting and vaulting exotics, bro. I, I think they need to. What? Yeah, I do. I think they need to sunset exotics. I would rather have my exotic sunset than nerfed. I would rather be able to go into a strike with fun modifiers and throw on my sleeper and have it be god tier than have it be a nerf piece of junk. They should have sunset the touch of malice rather than nerf the touch of malice. You sunset the god tier exotics as opposed to nerfing them. They're already sunsetting your exotics. You're just accepting it like a frog in water getting slowly hot. They're already doing it. Look at your vault. (laughs) How many exotics are chilling in your vault? Because they've been, in essence, they have been sunset. Huh? How many? (laughs) Wouldn't you rather them sunset them and then leave them be? (gasps) What? That's insane. Is it insane? Or is your vault full of exotics you don't touch because they got nerfed into oblivion because they rose to the top, became meta, and the only way to chop them down was to nerf them? (laughs) You know what I mean? You're just getting slowly boiled in the water. You don't even see it. You don't even see it. They already are sunsetting your exotics. They're doing it, and you don't know it. <laughs> okay, listen. In all fairness, I know this is pretty radical position to take. Everyone's like, you're crazy. You're insane. They can't sunset exotics. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon for a handful of reasons. Thank you for the five spot, Rugby. No, you leave our babies alone. There are a handful of reasons that they can't sunset exotics at the current juncture. Number one, there's way too freaking many of them. Way too many. Too many of the exotic pieces of armor are central to certain builds. Okay? So they would have to spend the next year really, really flooding the exotic pool. In essence, they would need to double it. I want you to take your rates, cut them in half, and double it. They would have to double it. They'd have to double the amount of exotics in the game right now before they could justify sunsetting. And I don't see them doing that. I don't. I don't see them doing that. $5 from Steam Crow says, It'd be rough, but let me ask. Isn't something far more valuable and create the aspiration to acquire it, yet you know uh, when you know it's limited? But it's all an illusion, though. It's all an illusion. They nerfed Touch. They nerfed Sleeper. They nerfed Izanagi's. They nerfed Whisper. They're going to nerf Xeno. They're going to nerf Anarchy. I guarantee you, eventually those are going to get tuned. If they, if, if they never get unseated. I think the only reason that Xeno and Anarchy haven't been targeted is because of, of friggin' Guillotine. And Guillotine got nerfed. I don't know. 
I don't know. I'm just telling you right now, the pattern, if I was a betting man, if I was a betting man, the pattern is so dadgum clear. Zeno and Anarchy are living on borrowed time, dude. They're living on borrowed time. They're so strong. They're going to chop them down. I, I don't know. To me, it makes more sense. You have 12 months. These exotics are god-tiered. They're amazing. They're awesome. You use them. And then Bungie comes in, and they add a bunch of new ones. And they're awesome. And they're insane. And your old ones are still great. And you can use them in most of the content. But when you want to go into endgame aspirational content, they got brand new exotics for that environment. And guess what? There's no risk of a touch of malice effect. Touch of malice was going to ruin Wrath of the Machine. It was going to ruin it. They probably ran a handful of tests and they were like, this is stupid. This is dumb. (laughs) The damage output of six people running Touch of Malice with double bubble strategy is going to literally obliterate every single one of our bosses. And if we tune the boss's health to the Touch of Malice six-man fire team strategy, it's going to be so high that everyone's going to feel like they have to run Touch of Malice. We're going to be basically creating content for one exotic. Happens all the time. It's It's happened for five years. I meant that in favor. Oh, you're in favor of it. Well, thanks for the two-spot, Steam. So, Anarchy and Xeno are living on borrowed time. I, you know, I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you based on the pattern and the behavior of what they do and why they do it, uh, I think that, that, that it's coming. It's coming. Again, I don't see it happening anytime soon. They would have to basically spend year four flooding the exotic pool with more exotics. And then maybe they would just start with year one. They would just sunset all year one exotics. Creating content for Well of Radiance. Freaking Well of Radiance shouldn't even exist in the dadgum game. It's the worst super. It shouldn't even exist. (laughs) <laughs> We're getting into all my radical positions. I think I think I think um, Well of Radiance should go away. I think it's the dumbest super they've ever created. Rog with a five spot. I won't stand for this heresy. <laughs> yeah, sunsetting is uh, is garbage. It shouldn't be in the game, dude. It, it it it's it's a giant thorn in the side of all PVE content structure and design. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. We got to move on. Eknor. Under Beyond Light. It only says two exotics. Our others are in the $10 season. No talk about legendary loot after sunsetting. Do you see the $40 value of the DLC? I'm confused even more now. You're touching on what I feel like is the biggest vacancy. Yes. Yes. What's my biggest problem with Well? Is there any other super like it in the game? Seriously, break down what Well of Radiance brings to PvE endgame content. Is there any other super like it in the game at all? A lot of the other supers have their equal in some respects in other supers. There, There's a bit of a homogenization there. Bubble? No. You have to stay inside of Bubble. As soon as you lose Bubble, you lose the benefits of being in there, with the exception of the weapons bu- be- benefit. It's not even close. Well of Radiance is basically like Well's the, the Bubble's older brother that's better at everything. Like, here's the Bubble... He's on the JV team. It's pretty good. And then Well of Radiance walks in. It's like the MVP for the NFL. You're like, well, it does everything. It's Bo Jackson. It's the Bo Jackson of supers. It, it, it knows all of it. It keeps you alive. It adds health. It's bigger. It, 
It's mindless. It doesn't even take you just you just slam it on the ground. It's literally the Bo Jackson of supers. It's baseball. It's football. It's all of them. It's everything. And and well, and, and bubble is great. Personally, personally, if they never would have brought back the bubble, it'd be a lot easier to have this conversation because you'd be like, oh yeah, well is well should well is just absurd. It's absurd. There's nothing else in the game like it. It needs to be toned down or changed or whatever. Personally, personally, I would remove it. <laughs> I would remove it. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I, I, I've got some radical positions about the game. You know, exotic sunsetting. They should remove well from the game. They should remove scouts from the game. You know, it's fine. You don't have to agree with me. It makes for good discussion. Uh, back to Eknor's question. I think you're 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 enumerating what I was kind of trying to drive at. Is I have better idea about the season now, and that feels good. But I'm still super super in the dark about the um about the actual uh about the um about the the, the, the expansion. Um, sweet. Okay, next question. Based on impulse. Hey, Lono, first time back in a while. Do you think it's possible that the reason the $40 seems so empty is because there's a lot more they're not telling us? I'd be like the uh, Europa Underground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But we don't... But we don't know if that's really enough. Like, is, is that enough to say it's all good? You know? It's all good. It's no big deal. You know? We this is fine. We we can keep this going. We we can uh, we we can we can we can buy in confidence. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Thank you. Got the email. Okay, they took care of me. Streamlabs took care of me. Um, it's about buying in confidence. Thank you for the five spot, Greg. Expert analysis as always. Like, what did I always say about the season? I need a splash page, some kind of a calendar. What am I getting? They've done that. The season the season pass purchasers can now buy with some level of confidence. Expansion purchasers, I think, are still really kind of scratching their head a little bit. Now, now, there are two types of people. There are people that see Stasis, Europa, Raid, and that's all they need to see. They're good. That's all they need. The rest of us look at that and ask questions. Remember when I said there are two types of Destiny consumers. There are Destiny consumers that hear new information and are like, yay! And they just give the money. And then there's the rest of us who hear new information and I end up with a page of questions. Oh, Europa? Is there an activity on on Europa? Adventures? Repeatable content? Unique loot? Grindable loot? What's going to happen on Europa over time? Is it going to is it going to expand? Is it going to change? Is it going to be like the Dreaming City? How many strikes are on Europa? You see what I'm talking about? Like I end up asking all those questions about Europa. Oh, you're going to get stasis. Oh, that's cool. Okay, with stasis, what's it going to look like in the Crucible? What's it going to look like in Endgame PVE? Am I going to actually move away from Well? Am I actually going to move away from Tether and Bubble in the Endgame PVE? Is stasis actually going to have ground in the Endgame? In, are you going to create Endgame PVE like Reckoning that's built around stasis? Is it going to get narrow again? You see, as soon as I hear new information, I got like a hundred questions. And so that's the difference between you and me. If you're like raid Europa, 
new subclasses, here's my money, I'm good. And I'm like, hang on a minute, I have questions about all those things. One of the reasons I have questions about all those things is because the core gameplay of Destiny and the content loop has been all over the place. It's been all over the place. And they put forth the vision for year three and Luke Smith put forth the vision in the director's cut for year four that the base level experience would be changing and improving and that creates expectations and questions in my mind. As I said a little bit ago, I think that's fair. The vid doc was underwhelming to me, says Manny Smalls. Uh, This would have been a great opportunity to showcase stasis weapons, aspects, or even address loot pool for core activities. I agree on all points. Are you concerned uh, the content besides campaign and season is going to be dry? Well, I've already answered your question, but I'm going to say this about aspects of your question we haven't covered yet. Stasis weapons in action, okay? I would think one of the reasons they haven't done that is they like the discovery element of certain things. And I could see them saying similar things about uh, the way that they set this up. They want you to discover the the stasis weapons. They want you to discover the stasis perks. Um, they didn't tell us about osmosis. They didn't tell us about the new perks. They didn't tell us about any of those things. We just kind of discovered them on our own. So, guys, please, uh, let's not submit any more questions. I have severe doubts you're going to ask something I have not already answered because we are getting a little long on the tooth here, okay? So please, no more questions. No, I'm not upset at anybody, by the way. I didn't say anything until this moment, so it's okay if you submitted questions, but I'm fairly certain you are not going to ask me something I haven't covered. Akuta Papa says, Could the VidDoc be repeating stuff because more casual players will be watching it instead of reading the TWAB? It could be this. It also could be the delay. That if they wouldn't have delayed, they wouldn't have said all those things ahead of time. You know? They, it, they, they, they ordinarily wouldn't have shown us all those things. We would have learned about them along with the casuals. You know? Clap for you. Do you think that they will just let the vendor refresh be a surprise since there's no mention of the vid doc or the TWAB? I mean... Maybe, maybe, again, they said they were going to reinvigorate core activities. What's that going to look like? I've said this very many times. If playing the Crucible, Gambit, and the, the, the Strike playlist yields me a world loot pool, and that's essentially it, then you've not reinvigorated that content. There's no reason for me to run Strikes over Gambit or over Crucible, or vice versa. It's just keep playing Crucible and there's some newer drops that also drop in Gambit and Strikes. The frick? Like, no, that's not reinvigoration. And that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried that they whittled down those activity the hubs into basically nothing. Like, they don't matter. Now, maybe, maybe when Luke Smith said reinvigorate core activities, maybe he doesn't want Gambit and the strike playlist and crucible to be a super big focus because they're giving the adept weapons to trials right so crucible is getting something new maybe they don't want you focusing on the strike playlist and gamut they want you focusing on the brand new expansion the brand new location and stasis and then in the next season after season of the hunt they're like as a way to beef up the seasons maybe that's when they start reinvigorating core activities 
that would be great to hear from Luke Smith. Hey, when I talked about year four, I talked about reinvigorating core activities. We really feel like the best time to do that is in the seasons that follow the expansion. So during the expansion, you're more focused on the expansion, the new location and the new content and the new the new loops. And then as the seasons land, we're going to have the reinvigoration happening during the seasons. And logistically and logically speaking, that's actually not a bad plan to say, you know, seasons end up being the thin spots. We can make them a little bit more beefy if we use those as the times to reinvigorate Vanguard Strikes, Crucible, and Gambit. If you're focused on Europa, Stasis, and whatever new activity, and then the new activity for Season of the Hunt, and you're focused on the new raid, are you really going to give a rip about some new guns in Gambit or the Strike playlist? Maybe, maybe not. So they could be banking on staggering that quality ad in year four. It would just be nice to hear that from him. Hey, we understand you guys have been wanting to see some loot refresh and some loot pool updates for these core activities. That will not be happening in the expansion because we want the we want the focus to be on the expansion. We will be doing that instead in the subsequent seasons that follow. Are they going to actually bring in stasis guns? Yeah, that was something that was stated by Luke Smith. Tim Preston, it says that Beyond Light campaign begins on launch. Do you think that they will time gate the campaign so people can't just grind it out on three days? Oh, I don't know. I don't know how. Mm, I don't know how well that would go. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I time gating the campaign would be kind of unprecedented. It would. It'd be a little unprecedented. Behemoth. The PvP community will always ask for fixes, and I think it will never be completely fixed until the split the sandbox. What do you think? Even if they split the sandbox, I got news for you. There'll always be a meta. There'll always be complaints. I this exists in virtually every crucible, every PvP game that's out there. I mean, a game like Fortnite and a game like Call of Duty, they always have updates, patches, you know, buffs, nerfs, and a swinging pendulum of seasons of dominance and weapons that are awesome and then weapons that get chopped down to size. And the metas in those games tend to shift. There's a handful of guns that everybody flocks to. There's a handful of loadouts that everyone flocks to. That just tends to be the thing. You know, you remember Double Pump in Fortnite? You remember Spray Meta in Fortnite? You remember when ARs were insane for two days? Like... That just is something that happens in any game that does buffs and nerfs to different weapons. So even if they split the sandbox, this utopian pipe dream that they're somehow going to have a perfectly balanced sandbox where there's never, there's never a season of dominance. Like this season, you know, SMGs and sidearms are god tier. And then the next season, it's scouts and pulses. And then the next season, it's hand cannons and, and SMGs, you know? It's going to be stasis guns? Yes! See, don't you see why there's so many gaps in people's minds? They've said a lot, and then also at the same time said very little. (laughs) You know? Noble. At 150, uh, a minute 50 in the vid doc, she makes it sound like the planets are disappearing completely. I thought they were just destinations that weren't going to anymore. What do you make of it? Also, are you excited for to see Drifter in combat? Well, first and foremost, I'm fairly certain they never said that if something went in the vault, it will automatically be coming back out. I thought they did say that some locations won't return. I don't know if if that's... I don't know if that's 100% true, but I definitely... Thanks, Mama. I definitely think that they did indicate that not everything that gets put into the vault will come back out. I feel like that line is somewhere. 
Um, you know, we've not seen them for some bizarre reason. I'm pretty sure we've seen some of the stasis weapons in action. We just can't really see what they do. I mean, I don't know. I think about it. If you see a solar gun in action, it doesn't do anything. It just shoots bullets that are a different color. Unless you see the dragonfly pop, you know? So, isn't the grenade launcher stasis? Yeah, the exotic grenade launcher stasis. I brought up the stasis guns because if they're bringing in another damage type, they'd need to have a bigger influx of weapons to incorporate all five damage types and have enough stasis guns unless all of them are stasis guns. Or... Or they're going to give us the ability to change the element on weapons again or something. I don't know. She says that in the story is finding out what happened to the disappeared planets. Yeah, I wouldn't read too much into that. Stasis guns have been confirmed by way of saying it's not just a new super, it's a new element in the game. I swear to you, Luke Smith, in his interview with 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 Lupo, said there will be stasis weapons. I swear he said that. I swear he said that, and then it got tweeted. They list new lost sectors on the calendar. It's strange to separate them from the new destination. Do you think they may be adding lost sectors to old locations? Well, they're adding some to, to, to the Cosmodrome. So... Um, all he said was stasis is just a, is not just a subclass; it's a new damage type, I believe. I that would be extremely weird to say that and have it be like stasis weapons show up only in exotics or something because we know there's an exotic weapon right now that stasis. You're agreeing with me? Okay. Yeah, I I don't know. See, do you see? We hear something and it immediately creates a bunch of questions instead of just excitement. Like everybody hears the information differently. They showed the stasis nade launcher. Yeah. Mr. Han Brolo. It's strange that they have an and more when they told us everything for Forsaken and Shadowkeep. Do you think this is to say more is coming but was delayed pre-launch or they need time to finish? Do you think this is beyond like content? I don't know. Keep in mind, seasonal content's not expiring at the end of the season, so there could be something that they're literally not going to really do until end of January, February time time, time frame, and they're not putting that on the calendar, and they can do that because it's not going to expire a couple of weeks later. Hard mode, new loot, new quest, who knows? These are things they could do late on the calendar because season of the hunt, when it ends, the, the stuff's not leaving. The content's not leaving. That's what they said. They said it's going to last for the year. I think it's to avoid another Bastion situation. I happen to agree with that take. I think Bastion in the corridors of time, I think Bungie got their hand burned. It's like, oh, this is going to be great. Ouch! No, that hurt. Like, they got they got slammed for what was supposed to be a really awesome crescendo to corridors of time. This is why I said the Beyond Light activity is the Empire Hunts. Like, I agree, it might be, needs to be wrote under the paid Beyond Light content to let people know what they're paying for. Uh, because people, people are getting accused? What? Did you mean to put, like, anxious? People are getting accused. The main problem is stuff that would be fun and amazing for PvE is messed up, because you have to think of how it would affect PvP. It doesn't go the other way around. 
you gotta be careful Han Solo because when they nerfed when they nerfed Sleeper a second time it was because of PVE it was the reflection damage uh, when they nerfed Izanagi, when they nerfed Whisper uh, these were all weapons that were nerfed because of PVE when they nerfed Machine Gun against uh, boss damage that had nothing to do with PvP like there's been numerous copious amounts of nerfs to weapons in Destiny that had nothing to do with the Crucible don't start doing that to our Crucible brethren. It ain't their fault that everything keeps getting nerfed because a lot of the times it has nothing to do with them. It does sometimes, yes. But a lot of the times, no, it doesn't. So, when they messed up when they messed up a bunch of different perks and they, they gave the, the breakneck negative DPS, like, that had nothing to do with Crucible. So... Train, why is Bungie so confident in us pre-ordering the game in blind faith with limited information? I love the game, but I'm disappointed in the past, of course. Viddoc still didn't answer the basic questions we still have. Thoughts? We, yeah, this is this is why I ask people to stop submitting questions because we're not we're not going to have anything new at this point in time. I don't think it's blind faith. I think we have enough to go on now for the ten dollars. It's the forty dollars that not for all, but for some is still is still fuzzy. Hornjo, with the seasonal content lasting a year now, is that adding value to the 10, 40, or both? Well, I mean, I would say it's adding value to the 10, so everything you're going to get in Season of the Hunt, you're not going to feel rushed to do it. You can save it. You could exhaust Beyond Light, its campaign, its raid, its missions, its loot pool, and then wait. And then, I don't know, if you're a more casual player and it takes you half, it takes you a month and a half to two months to do that, you're not in any rush to go run the Season of the Hunt content. You know it's sticking around for an entire year. That adds value to you. Your $10 doesn't feel like you got, you know those those game shows where they do like a shopping spree and they're running through just shoving stuff in the cart. Like you're not going to feel that urgency to like, I got to run through the content and do everything before it expires. Oh, like you're not going to feel that. You know, you're not going to feel that it's going to be like, oh, I can kind of take my time. Yeah, I'm not really done with this yet. I'm not really going to do any of the season of dawn stuff. You know, I'm not going to do that. You know, I can take my time. I can wait. And so you get more value out of it. Right now you spend the $10. You're like, oh, my gosh. Right. You know, oh, my gosh. I got a rush. Uh, You know it's it's gonna be one of those things where you're you're gonna feel that ease of like yeah I can just do this when I feel like it now I don't know this is the thing I don't know when they launch an activity in the summer does that go summer to summer are you always gonna feel that ease of use of being like oh I got 10 months to do this stuff do you see what I'm saying those are some of the questions about what year 4 and what seasonal structure is gonna look like we'll have to wait and see if they answer that so we're going to transition to VIP call-in, so we're going to stay live, and people that select the VIP tier can call in. Uh, we have a new way of doing that. I'm going to clear the Q&A form so they can use the question command in Discord to submit very generic uh, very generic topics so we know who's calling in and what they're calling in about when I'm doing Q&A. If you're here right now and you haven't clicked subscribe yet, please do so. I am here Monday through Friday doing content like this. It's interactive. It's kind of like a podcast radio show you can keep on in the background. I am safe for work. We do discussions, breakdowns, 
Q&A, VIP coins, basically Monday through Friday. I also am a purely live-only channel now. I will not overwhelm your sub feed if you subscribe to this channel. I have a separate channel for uploads and archival. If you want to bookmark sntrnetwork.com, sntrnetwork.com has all my shows. The Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and this show. Everything's there. The schedule, the videos, everything hits there. This YouTube channel, you can subscribe in confidence knowing it's just a live stream basically Monday through Friday. And again, it's safe for work. You can keep me on in the background. Don't go anywhere. I'm going to do a little outro, but we are going to switch to VIP call-ins here in a moment. If you're listening to this elsewhere, any other platforms that my content hits, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that followed my discussion about the vid doc. We talked about the good, the bad, and the questions we still have. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. If you'd rather have all my content in one location, go to SNTR Network and bookmark that website. SNTR Network has the Rageous Roundtable, Repeat Theater, and these episodes as well as schedules so you know what is coming all right so we're going to jump in right here let me show you who's calling this is kind of a new uh, a new feature that we've been trying to use hezen is our first caller and it says bungie's strategy for year four go ahead and elaborate on what exactly you're wanting to call in about uh about this topic yeah so i was overall with the viadoc i was uh i was pretty disappointed you know they didn't really address a lot of my concerns i had for year four and they're continuing this this recent trend that they picked up where they're being unusually restrictive with, with information. It's like they're always talking about the service level when it comes to year four and not the core detail that we need to know that we can invest in to keep us, our, our attention maintained throughout the course of the next year, definitely. So, you know, and, and I'm looking at the roadmap right now and it also confirms one of my issues I had with uh, year four as well. Free-to-play players are getting so much stuff in compared to what paying players should get. Because as, as far as as far as paying goes, I mean, what we're only get, we're paying for Beyond Light, we're getting the campaign, the subclasses, the grenade launch requests, and the Salvation Grip Exotic. So I'm, I mean, that, and that's forty dollars. And but the free-to-play players get Europa, they get new season armor, all the new law sectors, all that. Mm-hmm. They up, you know. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what to say about it. You know, I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. I, we we thought that year four would be all right. They'll be treating the paid the uh, the pay players better. They'll be giving us more content, and giving people more reason to pay, so they can you know feel good with their purchase. But mm-hmm. yet again, it's like all right, you know, I really don't even free to play players. You're like all right, I really don't even need to pay for beyond like. Right. So this brings me into Bungie strategy for year four because my biggest concern with all this is how seasons are going to operate in year four. Yep. How big are they going to be? How substantive are they going to be? How high quality are they going to be? Are they going to be like they were in year two or like they were in year three? Or are they going to be akin to how the expansions were, you know, in year one? What can we look forward to? Because, you know, last year in Shadowkeep, they kind of gave us a rough a rough estimate of how the season was going to be in year three. We have not received anything remotely close to that level of transparency about seasons in year four. So, you know, I, I'm not expecting a raid every other season. But since they are having us, they do have a lot more space now. I would like to see, you know, a lot more effort, a lot less issues, you know, a lot more substantive content that we had in year three. Yeah, I want to take this in two parts. First, what you started with, with the free-to-play, I 100% agree. I touched on this when I, I, back in Season of Arrivals, tried to highlight this on their one page. It's very weird to look like 
free-to-play players get virtually the same amount of stuff. Now, I know that's not true factually when I played through Season of Arrivals, but as far as a perception goes, when I go to the website, it is kind of odd, and it doesn't really you know, make it that clear. I would say this should be crystal clear. I should go to a page about Season of the Hunt and go to a page about Beyond Light. And it should be crystal clear, a section for free to play. And then broken out from that, a section for those of us that are paying. Because there there needs to be clear communication about that. Now, one of the reasons we may never get that, Bungie could be looking at the impact of free to play and saying it's not having a huge impact on pre-orders and purchases. So if their pre-order and purchases and their sales projections are hitting what they want, then they don't feel the need to make a change. We could be the minority. We also tend to be those that call in, submit questions, and hang out here. We also tend to be the ones sitting on top of a collector's edition right now beneath me that I haven't even un- <laughs> I haven't even opened it, right? So right, right. It, I'm wondering if they're looking at this and saying it's not really having impact. Like we're still getting the, we're still getting our pre-orders and our purchases. Now, again, once I got in the season of arrivals, I was like, I got my money's worth. There's good loot pool, good weapons, a, a, a dungeon. Dungeon was free for everybody. Uh, really cool right. stuff on the season pass. Um, and the story developments, I think, were excellent with Eris and Nakris and uh, and Savage. Oh, yeah, Zoom. most definitely. Most definitely. Right. So I'm wondering if that's the game they're playing. Is leave it a mystery, let us discover it. When we discover it on our own, it's more enjoyable and exciting so there's no more Bastion situations where everybody's angry because something on the season pass was used as a surprise so it didn't feel like a surprise. So maybe they're banking on the fact that, like, well, they're going to play anyway. They're going to discover all this stuff. Um, Like, we haven't seen anything about stasis weapons yet. Like, that's kind of a thing, right? You know, and that's and that's another thing. I was I was really <laughs> disappointed with the Violet because it, it kind of confirmed that we're not getting a weapons 2.0 at least in be all like that's one of the things that I wanted the most. We're getting Ghost 2.0 before we get a weapons 2.0. That's ridiculous to me, right? They didn't show off really any of the stasis weapons or how the element will be different or necessarily evolve the way gunplay works uh, from now on with Beyond Light. But what they did do was talk a lot of service level stuff and generalize a lot and give you like a lot of hype words to get you hyped up. You know, that's what they that's what these violence are known for to get you hyped up. But when you really break it down, if you really look at what they're saying, they're just saying a lot of the stuff that, you know, you can't really that's really vague and just open to interpretation. You know, we we're, we're two weeks from launch. You know, you should if you want to be this vague, you should have did that back in August. We're it's mm-hmm. end of October now. So we we need to know and a lot of community is even on the forums, Reddit and, and Twitter, like, yo, Bungie, where's the info at? Because a lot of people hated last week's twop and twop before that. You know, they're very they're being very withholding of information, which is something that's unusual. We're not used to because we're used to be getting a lot of information, information explosions, you know, around this time for a new DLC, a new heavy hitting DLC. Forsaken, we knew a lot. We knew pretty much everything about Forsaken and the surprise we did get with the Shadow Throne and the Sending Challenges and the changing weeks. That was great. That was the icing on the top, on top. you know. You had to keep two. So I mean, I just hope that uh, the Beyond Light is good, man. I, because I, go ahead. right. Well, the touch on the second part that you talked about, like what's what's the season's going to look like? They did that for Forsaken with Black Armory and Drifter and Opulence, and right, right. now 
we have an even bigger question mark season of the hunt goes until february so is the entire year bumped back is is witch queen gonna land in november are you just gonna literally shuffle the whole year back i'm actually okay with that i mean i don't have a problem with that it if this is essentially a reset of launch dates for expansions so every season gets its due due time you know ten dollars for the next three seasons right so 30 more dollars and then that all needs to happen before witch queen but these are questions i think that are totally valid for people to have like what what is this year going uh to look like and in so there's there's two there's two reasons to do it number one they've done it in the past like i think we're curious and number three it's like well i'm sorry number two it's it's a different year you've shuffled everything back i mean the fact that the expansion's going till february is unprecedented and we i think all have uh have questions about that again i it, it could just be that they're like yeah you'll figure it out as when we get there you know we've <laughs> we know you're gonna buy anyway right. and you know 10 minutes of the vid doc as i said earlier was stuff that we already heard maybe we That's were never true. intended yep. to hear stuff before <laughs> right because of the I delay Right, because of the delay, they got into all this stuff earlier than maybe initially planned, so aspects and fragments didn't excite us. We, we already knew about it. Um, you know, the... Uh, what else did they show? Oh, the dynamic weather we already knew about, you know? Yeah. Right. One of the things that they did in, like, year two and three, so in year two, they said that their, that their goal for year two the entire year was to bring Destiny back to its truest form and improve from there. They did that with Forsaken, the game, the year two was at its peak with Oculus. In year three, they wanted their goal was to evolve the gameplay of Destiny and revolutionize the way we play the game from here on out. They did that, you know, this current season, season of arrivals is way better than Shadow Peak. You know, and the game has evolved within this year three. It's like it evolved within that year two. They, the thing was, they told us this was their plan. They told us that this was what they uh, wanted to set up to do throughout this entire year of content. What do they want, what do they want to do now with year four? What is the goal? What are they trying to achieve now? I'm hoping right. it's a weapons 2.0, man, because we're too, we're too, we're too late into the franchise to where the weapons have received the least amount of updates out of everything in our arsenal. You, know, you compare the weapon stats from even D1 vanilla to, to, D, uh, to D2 currently, the only real difference is that now we can you know slot in mods mm-hmm. and use masterworks. That is the only tangent. That is the only real difference between D2 weapons in year six going on year seven. But the D1 vanilla, so mm-hmm. that that's that's disturbing. <laughs> well, this is such a good point if that you brought up because if you watch the Forsaken vid doc and the Shadowkeep vid doc, they spend a bunch of time on those types of improvements, going back to random rolls, going back to the primary, secondary, and heavy system, giving you freedom to you know if you want to be just for the fun of it, run three shotguns, right? And then in Shadowkeep, they got into Armor 2.0 and the build crafting. And they oh, got amazing. in, you know, they got into the, what that would do with, I forget what they showed. They showed something else. Oh, the, they showed the artifact and the endless leveling and the mods on the artifact. And then when we look at this one, you know, Aspects and Fragments probably would have hit a lot harder if we hadn't seen it before. We'd be like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. That would have been exciting. New UI, new menu. Also, it pretty much confirms there's going to be more than one Darkness subclass because of the way the UI reads. Um, right. So that that I think would have landed a little bit harder. But be, after that, it sort of is 
okay, we know you're going to do exotics and we know there's going to be stuff to do and enemies to kill. Like, that's just kind of garden variety hype hype information. Viddocs usually cast a vision for where we're going and how we're going to get there. I mean, in the Shadowkeep Viddoc, they even say if we don't get some of these things right in year three, we're in total control now and can and can, can change. I don't know. Right. They, they, that I didn't get that tone this time. And again, it could be because they're trying to be more secretive and they want to keep some of these things quiet to be more of a surprise. Um, it'd be cr- it'd be crazy if all of a sudden we were in the game and we opened up the menu and we're like, well, wait, no, the weapons are different now. They have added a bunch of new things. I mean, that'd be pretty uh, tight. I, I hope. <laughs> you know? That's all we can hold on to now was faith, man. And uh, I will say I just, this. I will say yeah. this. I have a theory about why it's not happening yet and why okay. if they're going to do a significant overhaul to weapons, it'll happen in Witch Queen. They uh, may Witch have Queen. had this... Yeah, that's a long oh, way to wait. <laughs> Hear me out. I'm not trying to bum you out. I'm not trying to bum you out, but here's what I think could be happening. They had to spend so much time rebuilding this game for the reinstall and the system-wide changes and the scripting changes to, to basically lay that foundational groundwork that they were like, we got to punt weapons to next year. Um, that's a, that's a, I, think, I think that's a decent theory to say, now, now hear me out. Shadowkeep in year three was a transitional year. I'm not saying this year will be a transitional year. I actually think this year is going to be stellar and they've made great strides. But I'm wondering if the weapon system update got punted to Witch Queen because they're like, no, we've got too many system-wide changes we're already doing. We don't want to turn too many knobs at once. And maybe the update to Ghosts is a slight wink and a nod to be like, okay, just wait, we'll get there. We've done armor, we've done Ghosts, guns are next, but we, it's, they had to do too much rebuilding uh, for for year four. Is the theory I'm going with right now? Okay, I mean that w- that would make sense. You know, now, now that you put it like that, but then that begs the question: uh, What is the, what is their pivot going to be for year four season? You know, in year two and year three, it was the uh, armor 2.0 mods, War Mind Sales, Harbor Light, and the new mod we have now, evolving and improving and revolutionizing the glory the way we played Destiny. You know, season after season. So my question is, what is, gonna, what is, what is going to be the main thing that's going to keep us coming back season after season mm-hmm. or within the same season for year four? Another, another thing that I, I'm really kind of disappointed that they didn't touch on is what kind of activities are we going to be on, doing on Europa? Because we yes. know the Cosmo Jungle is mainly built, was built for the ground up, well, not built for the ground up, but uh, remade, remastered for new players. Europa for everybody else. So and we're only having one new strike. You know what's what's going to be on your rope that's so loopable that's so substantive that we're going to be on there all day day in day in and day out because we need something that can be you know having that menagerie chalice effect something that's even greater than that to hold our attention you know right and they've done this before like well is the splash page for beyond light or is any of the pages going to give me information about what are the empire hunts and what's the glassway strike opens what does that mean you know if if the empire hunts are like the nightmare hunts and it's a loopable content grind awesome that is something you only get with beyond light that is something that is on you know europa the, the only question I would have after that is, is there actual loot attached? Because Nightmare Hunts were close. They weren't quite there. There was a decent loot grind attached, but it wasn't very good. It wasn't very streamlined. And then right. the, the Glassway Strike opens. I mean, that kind of language doesn't sound to me like, oh, a new strike. That sounds like something's happening, an activity. I don't know. an area. Maybe that's an area of the map. I don't... I, again, I... And then there's... 
Uh, Uncover Europa's Secrets, November 10th to January 12th. What's that? January 12th to Tuesday. What is that? We don't know. Like, those first two blocks could be really great Dreaming City-style stuff that changes and is awesome. challenges. Right. Shadow Throne-esque type of secrets. I'm looking forward to that. That, That's something that really did give me hope. I was really disappointed by that vinyl. I, I like the story and stuff. You know, I, I think it was about time Alden came back. I think he should have been. I thought he would have came back at least this season, but it's good he's coming back next season. Uh, story beats are looking pretty good. I think the campaign is going to be great. Those are the strongest elements. Those were the strongest yeah, elements in the definitely. Vidoc, the story elements. Yep. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm excited for the raid. I think the raid is going to be the biggest, most complex, most simplistic raid that we ever had. I feel like Bougie knows that this raid has to knock it out of the park. More so than Land Switch, Kings Fall and Rev did, and even Vault. So, all in all, I'm looking forward to it, but it's got, you know, concerns going mm-hmm. into it. I'm sure it'll be all remedied out once we get on launch day. But, all right, that's all I had to say, man. All right, dude. I always appreciate you calling in, man. Thank you. No problem. Take it easy. You too. All right, we're going to move on here to train. I know Lightleaf's wanting to call in. He needs, just needs to use the command so we know what he's calling in about. Oscar's question or, or topic. I'm sorry, not Oscar. Did I just unmute Oscar? I did. That's the wrong person. I need to unmute Train. Okay, Train, you're unmuted. It says here, how to prepare for Beyond Light. What are you, what are you uh, discussing here? Hey, yeah, thanks, Lono. I definitely appreciate it. And um, I know we have a, a you know high viewership today for the VidDoc, but... I just want to say uh, thanks for having this uh, VIP option. Um, it's I just really want to encourage um, a lot of people to take advantage of this VIP option. Um, one, only the Discord. I know that a lot of people in the Discord like are not only a great community, but they've helped me a lot. Um, also, not only in the game, but uh, dismens. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but a couple months ago we had like all the technical difficulties, the troubleshooting with train, but it was just, you know, just a great community, uh, not only in the discord, but just this community in a whole, it's just fantastic. So, um, I just encourage, uh, a lot of people not only to have this level of, you know, community, but also to get, to be able to talk to you and just to break down the game is just invaluable for the price point that you set. I encourage everybody to take advantage of it, to be able to talk to you um, and just to take advantage of it. But uh, what my question is today, so I want to thank you for that. But no, it's, uh, my it's qu- fine. I, I, it's fine. Just so everybody knows, I tell them not to do that. It's fine. I appreciate when you guys encourage people to pick VIP. Thank you for doing yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, what I want to talk about today is something that like, I wish Bungie would take the time to... Because um, I love Destiny and I, I, I love the game as a whole, as, as, as you know all of us do. But like what I want to touch base in is like, what do we like? And you touch base on it today is like with the vault is like, what can I delete with sunsetting and with armor? Like I'm a hoarder. Like I don't want to delete anything because mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to be meta. I don't know what's going to be coming along and beyond light. So I'm at max in my vault, which I'm sure a lot of people are in the game. Like I still have my tiger spite for forsaken. That's got, you know, almost 15,000 kills. Like, I don't know what to delete. I don't know what to not delete. Like, what can I delete to be ready for Beyond Light? So that's kind of like, I don't know what's going to be coming. So I don't know. Like, I have, you know, Solar Void, you know, Arc armor pieces, you know, that, you know, I've been farming whenever there was double drops, you know, in the, the, um, you know, the double nightfalls and stuff. So like, I don't know what's going to be happening. So that's kind of what I, what did I wanted to talk about and what you were thinking about, 
preparing for beyond light what can we delete with sun setting like and then the the also the older weapons like they were given dfas and stuff like why were they given those weapons in those quests um stuff to that effect like why was bungie giving those weapons away um for those quests whenever it seems like i know that they were collectible weapons but it's just like it didn't seem like a reason to give those weapons whenever they were older weapons and collectibles whenever they're gonna they're not gonna be useful yeah i i think what we're maybe what we're starting to have kind of rise to the surface here is that Bungie is having a really hard time speaking to the committed players. I think Luke Smith's done a good job in the director's cut speaking to the committed players, but the runway to be on light, that seems to be the big vacancy. That seems to be where the pain and the, and the confusion and the questions are coming from. They're not coming from the more casual, the more laid back, or the more lighthearted. There are people here that play a bunch, but they're just more lighthearted about the game. They're like, oh, it looks awesome. I'm good to go those of us that are a lot more committed and like you're saying you're saving things what about transmog what about this what about that like my, my you know your vault is full you're in that really committed player camp and they're not doing a great job talking to us they did a great job in the forsaken vid dog talking to us as well mm-hmm. as shadow keep right now I think that's why this stuff's just flying right over us. We're like, cool, hype, awesome, exciting. That's not what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned about the base game improving. And that touches on leveling. That touches on infusion, transmog, you know, um, end game loot being worth the chase. Activities having valuable loot pursuits or worthy loot pursuits. Difficulty perspective. Like, when are we going to get, you know, the spectrum of difficulty to return to other activities? Um... I do. I feel like right now there's a really, really big call and an impetus to do a director's cut because the the committed players seem to be the ones that it's none of this communication is for us. They're focusing a lot on new players. And listen, that's great for the franchise. You know, Game Pass and this new structure for new players. I hope it's a dadgum home run and I hope people get to taste and feel just what a great story that would be that people are going to go through Cosmodrome and a tutorial and end up being fans of the franchise and they went through a kind of a similar process we did five years ago that's awesome for that for something like that to happen um, but it'll be I think more and more frustrating for folks if they never ever feel like I guess it would be six years ago now it, we, we just want to kind of feel like you're talking to us instead of talking at us oh and absolutely and I think that's where we are right now. We feel very talked at. Like they're just, oh yeah, here's all the stuff. And we don't necessarily feel like they're they're hitting those um, those tones and those notes. I think that's why I'm just going to continue to go back to Luke Smith's director's cut and be like, he outlined all these things for, for the next year about reinvigorating core activities, refueling aspiration, creating loot hierarchy to, to, is the reason we're doing sunsetting, uh, restructuring XP and bounty and bounty focus. Those are four big things that he set out for me as a uh, that's that's me as a devoted player reading that and being like I look forward to seeing how you're doing that and we haven't heard that yet so he set the expectation which is why I think it's totally fair for committed players to be like look man you talked to us before season of worthy came out made all these kind of promises about year four and you cast a vision for year four that sounds good can we please see what that how that's going to come to light Uh, discovery is great it is let me discover certain things but man oh man I, I just 
I really want to see that uh, that vision cast for year four, like Heston was just talking about. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. But do you think with um, do you think with like the mod changes on the armor that they're coming out with, like the legacy armor and the affinity aspects? Do you think that we would be okay to like safely like delete like the armor in the vault that we have saved up, like the void and like all the exotic armor and the other armor that we have like the void and the solar and the arc armor that we have saved up do you think we'd be okay just to keep one of those that are at high stats i couldn't (laughs) i couldn't tell you i mean if you've got three pairs of gauntlets you know that that's not really needed anymore because they are making the reload mods um affinity agnostic like you'll be able to use them uh no matter what that's what i was thinking yeah you can do that there I would be careful, though. I mean, there is still going to be some affinity needs that you might have, but all of the weapon-based ones you don't have to worry about anymore. I, you could trim down your armor quite a bit based off that info. That's that's hard, concrete info you can act upon. Um, to everything else that's cloudy or question mark, I would I, I would be hesitant to start deleting stuff until maybe they say more. Um, I think this week, too, hopefully, the TWAB with uh, progression and economy being talked about is actually informative about where we're going and what's it all going to look like and is leveling going to still be an RNG based nightmare or is it going to get streamlined you know it's I ha- I, I don't want to say it will like I know things because I don't but it almost has to be streamlined because there's no way you're going to create a tutorial for the current leveling system it's just awful um, <laughs> I can't see them not making significant changes how on earth is Shawhan going to make sense of the current leveling system you know um, so the, you know, I, I think that that that'll be answered this week, but I don't know. I really feel like there's a, there's a big giant, there's a donut hole inside a donut hole. It's like, there's a big vacancy inside of everything right now. And I'm maybe a director's cut would fill all that in for us. Yeah, absolutely. And then going back to like, you know, my, you know, and I'm sure that everybody in the community still, you know, with us being destiny rich for the hardcore players, obviously it really doesn't affect us too much, but going back to my tiger spike, you know, I don't want to lose those 15,000 kills, obviously, but you know, it doesn't mean a lot to us to, for those seven, you know, masterwork cores or enhancement cores whatever they're called now but you know to delete that out of my vault you know to be sunset what do we have you know 10 other auto rifles that doesn't mean anything to us now but that's one other vault space to get those you know um you know currency back is that worth it you know what i mean because are there going to be five other auto rifles in beyond light that's going to be even better because that's what sunset's all about right yeah yep that that's that's that other aspect they're gonna have to win people over and make sunsetting uh even you know. worth it you know <laughs> it's gotta be worth it you know I, people are saying that the, you know this this calendar looks really thin there's something on here that does encourage me though iron banner and the dawning don't take up a lot of space and they're also really late on the calendar i feel like they were bigger and took up more space in the past as filler and I kind of like that they're late and just tiny boxes. I feel like there were some calendars where they were on there earlier on the calendar and they felt like filler. Maybe they were even bigger. I, I feel like there was a calendar where one of those, Iron Banner or Dawning, were bigger. And it's like, why are you putting that on the calendar? I kind of like that they're smaller now. Maybe that bodes well that they made sure. Because think about it, Dawning could conceivably be a two-square space the way they did with um, 
November 10th to the January 12th, and then the way they did it for the November 17th, how that's like a two-square space. They could have easily done a two-square space for the dawning because it's a it's a window of time. Instead, they made sure to leave space for and more. Um, and and more has a beyond light symbol next to it. It's so, I, I don't know. I don't want to read through tea leaves and create hype that's not there, but it does give me some hope that like, okay, since we're not on a seasonal calendar format that things fall off after three months, maybe they are kind of tucking away some sandbags here to make the second or third month of this season a little bit better because they couldn't do that before because as the season ended, so did everything with it and that's not happening anymore. So I, I don't know. That gives me a little bit of comfort when I look at this calendar. This calendar is actually not as bad. If if Empire Hunts and Glassway Strike are actual like grindable activities, then this is a solid, solid calendar. If these are literally fancy ways of saying the campaign, Empire Hunts is the campaign and Glassway Strike is literally a strike, then we're fricked. Like that's nothing. <laughs> like that's nothing. <laughs> that's literally nothing. So I, I, you know, hopefully those are actually activities, or at least one of the two is an activity, grindable activity. Because if that's just a fancy way of talking about the campaign in one strike, that's concerning. <laughs> that's that's not much. Uh, so, and then we also would hope that Uncover Europa Secrets is good too. That's another thing that we're hoping. These first three things, Empire Hunts, Glassway Strike opens, and Uncover Europa Secrets, those could really be, you know, the the TARDIS here that's bigger on the inside and actually has good grind. And again, they could just be trying to be secretive. So. All right. You got anything else, Train? I'm going to move on to Light Leap. Nope. That's all I had, Lono. Thanks again. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Okay, Mr. Light Leap, here he comes. Here he comes, guys. The is Hope the, you're ready for some salt. The, the grumpy, <laughs> salty German, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what do you no, talking about? Double- it, it says here, base level light consequences in VidDoc story content. Yeah. Um, well, basically, I'm also double salt because today I realized there was this uncon- subconscious part in me that was hoping i was wrong all the time and like i had this like twice like when my pre-order cancel went through i was like damn i was hoping some information in between would come out that made me like cancel that and now with the vidoc i was ready i was ready to just go back to steam and get it but yeah we'll get to in- we'll get into it i don't want to also like hasn't already pointed it out you were talking about it all day so i'll focus on other stuff um first like um, two responses to what you just said uh, to train. Um, getting in new players, right? That you're saying it's good for the game. I think it depends what they are presented, if, presented with, right? If Bungie's new model for players is uh, Game Pass, people who just like tune in, uh, play for the season pass, um, get like some cool stuff, but don't even like get excited or if they don't get pushed into the harder content, like you once said, made ha- make hardcore of casuals. I don't think that'll be a benefit for us for the game, right? Um, because that, I mean, those new players won't put pressure on Bungie to deliver more of the good, juicy content that we want, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one other thing that you said, like, I kind of worry. What do you say if I'm like? Imagine you would be on. I know you hate that site, Twitter. And say, well, Bungie, why didn't you talk about reinvigoration of core playlists? You said that's going to be a theme for your four. And DMG would be like, what do you mean? We talked about it. You get the armor set and you get the pursuit weapon. I mean, if that's their idea of reinvigoration, that they 
I think they need to look up the definition of reinvigoration. Like that, (laughs) that's not, because to reinvigorate something means to like revisit it and give it purpose. Like I, I don't have the definition in front of me. Um, but to me, to re, let's actually look it up and just read it. Reinvigorate. I think I spelled it right. Give new energy or strength to. So, to give it new energy or to give it new strength. to, to, for them all to have essentially the same rewards, I don't know. You could argue, yeah, it's a new weapon, yes, it's new armor, but that that is weak. I mean, that's super weak. If that's all they're doing, then yeah, will be making. A, I'll be making a salty video. Like, what are you? T- what are you guys doing now? And I did say this to. I don't know when I said this. I said this today. I could see them. Yo, thank you, Ben, for the twenty spot. I appreciate your kind words as well for the twenty dollar tip through super chat. Um. They could be doing this. We're not going to really reinvigorate Strikes, Gambit, and Crucible because in Beyond Light, that's not really the focus. The focus is Europa, Empire Hunts, uh, Season of the Hunt, all of those activities and, and grinds, that's the focus. And then as a way to bolster the three seasons that follow, that's when they have this reinvigoration start to hit, like new loot starts to land in Gambit, Strikes, and Crucible, and you're then excited to go run those in addition to the seasonal content as a way of bolstering seasonal content. I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Like, that could be why they're doing it. And again, this is why you would use a director's cut to explain that. To say, I said we were going to reinvigorate content in year four, and that plan will take fruition next season. And I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, it it makes sense to not have me focusing on Gambit when you launch a brand new expansion. Like, I think that's fair to say. Like, I don't expect them to be like, go play Gambit for these awesome new weapons when you launch Beyond Light. So... That's kind of how I'm looking at the reinvigoration aspect right now is I'll at All least right. wait and see if they explain what they're going to do and it may end up coming later and I'd be okay with that. If they literally don't do anything for this year to those loot pools and it's all just a world loot pool, I'll be very disappointed. I got to be honest, if they if that's the model that for that every season is going to be so like the, the the comet expansion as it used to be called will be focused on the activities, these activities and we actually do get more strikes and crucible maps in like the seasons, right? And they will invigorate, reinvigorate those playlists for the season. That would be actually a good model, I think. Um, so regarding the base power cap, um, I just have a question. So let, let's assume you're right. They, they'll just raise everything, right, to the base power. So remember, like everybody was saying Cosmotrome, and I already saw people commenting like, oh, yeah, remember the Taken Knights when you went down? Or Hive Knights or something that were like ridiculously overpowered, and uh, you had to like level up to to destroy them and see what what you get from it if there's some secret or something. And before you say, well, they haven't done that for a long time. Keep in mind, Shadow Keep, um, the the moon power levels were different when you started off, right? The 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 um, lost sectors were higher power level when you went down. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a higher power level. So it gave you like this feeling of progression. You couldn't do everything yet, right? There were these these trove knights that were high power. You had to kind of evade, and I thought that was really cool. And I've also felt like your your power reflected a little bit, like traditionally RPG speaking wise, into into the world. So do you, that's probably going to get dropped altogether, right? We we what do you think? Well, when they did the raise the 750 in Shadowkeep, is the moon's base level 750? I thought it was, because wasn't the... Yeah, the, the lowest... base level was, yeah. But and, then then... The lo- and then the lowest level Nightmare Hunt was also 750, I'm pretty sure. Maybe it was 850. I can't remember now. It's fog- it's it's foggy for me. It's fuzzy. 
Right, something like that. But like, yeah, other parts of the moon were were higher, right? I love that. I remember taking forever to do one of the lost sectors, and it was crazy. Right. It was super. It was super sweaty. Um, th- right. But my question s- is, okay, go with ahead. the sunset weapons, right? Mm-hmm. That then you will be basically. I mean, oh. does this count as like end level content? Will they still do that kind of stuff? Because then not everything in the because we, you said patrol is one of these core like base level stuff, right? So how how will they will they still do that, or do you think they'll just drop that altogether, or what do you think? Oh man, yeah, this is a good question, because I think they're going to raise everybody's stuff to ten fifty. I think ten seven ten fifty is the new seven fifty. So I think everybody's getting raised okay. to ten fifty. Yeah. That's what I think. I accept that. Okay, so let's fast forward to next year if they do that again. I think what you, the point you're making is actually good, and we wouldn't really see it come to fruition until Witch Queen. But what would happen is uh, this other planet we're going to go to in Witch Queen, right? We'll just call it the Green Planet. We go to some Green Planet, and they raise all your stuff. So when you're on that planet, no problem. Everything's you know 1350, and so are all of your guns. Mm-hmm. Even you're like, what about sunsetting? It doesn't matter if that's the base level. Your stuff's still going to get sunset because it'll it'll be like if something right now is capped at 1060, that's its sunset. It would raise itself to 1350 because that's the new floor for entry-level content, okay? If everybody's tracking with me here, this gets kind of complex. It's a lot of numbers. So all Sunset gear would get raised to 1350 because all of the new endgame content would be well beyond 1350. So your Sunset stuff would still be Sunset. Sunset. Lightleaf's got a good question, though. Does that mean then if I go wandering into a lost sector and they decide to create power spectrum in a lost sector so it has this element of like, oh, I have to level up to fight this, is that going to make sunsetting really unappealing? Because now suddenly the public space has within it areas that I can't use my gear. Because And this wouldn't affect you as much as maybe the casual, I would think. Most of the hardcore or more dedicated players are going to be happy to chase new and use new. But it really comes down to the people that are like more casual and just want to check out all the new digs. And they go into a lost sector and they get clobbered and they can't infuse their weapon because it's been sunset. This is where sunsetting can start to, I think, fold in on itself if they're not careful in how they implement it. Um, this is also why world tiers would work really well in this game because then you could do exactly what you're talking about and have a re- you know have a reason to do it. You you go in and make the make the lost sector harder or the public space harder, and then yes sunset gear can't go there but you understand that you're going into a um a harder area with a loot incentive kind of how you do in nightmare hunts or nightfalls um thank you kaylee uh kaylee for the brand new membership enjoy the dope badge and emotes your dope and deserve dope stuff remember to get into the discord to to cat to to cash in on all the benefits so i i think what you're illuminating is a potential problem because that was cool on the moon and that's not necessarily going to be possible with so much of your loot being sunset and i think we would feel this the most we would feel this the most in witch queen you know well no i guess we're going to feel some of it now because you could go into a cosmodrome lost sector that's like what two thousand um or not two thousand i'm sorry a twelve hundred and you're not gonna be able to take gold guns in there right and i think especially with europa everybody's thinking it's full of secrets and i I do think that's something bungie will do there will be tons of secrets i think it's cool if you would wander into something you have no idea what this is suddenly enemies break out all skulls and you die and you're like oh man i have to come back here right that's Mm -hmm. cool so i more than i worry about sunsetting the gear because I, 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 i wouldn't have a problem coming back with with raid gear, for example, right? 
but I wonder if that would in their mind limit the experience of any casual player so much that they just won't do that anymore right there has to be there has to be a clear hierarchy of content where public space lost sectors patrols and public events they kind of have to become the sacred entry point and this is why difficulty spectrum and matchmaking is so important so let's imagine empire hunts is an activity uh, and it's in the public space or the Wrathborn hunts. We know the Wrathborn hunts are public space content. We've, we've seen them. Like we, we've seen where they're putting them. They're putting them in public space areas in the Dreaming City. With the script changes uh, that I can go up to somebody in the tower and if they send me an invite and I join them, I just don't have to reinstance. I'm just suddenly in their tower. If that enables them to do public space matchmaking, then you can do difficulty and you can say, hey, the entrance level of Wrathborn can be 1050. Doesn't matter. Everything can come in. You can have a ball, get all the stuff. But then you do a hard mode with a loot incentive and a reason to aspire to it. And now you've created Endgame. It's totally fine to sunset in the Endgame. And it's a logical, harmonious system. Um, I really hope that's one of the benefits of this scripting change is that I can actually go up to this, this Wrathborn thing and click a button and it puts me in an instance with people because if you remember that's how black armory forges worked it just had to re-instance you if the tower thing they described is a net benefit to the entire game so they don't have to re-instance you then that could mean they can do instance migration which in essence is a form of matchmaking um and then that would free them up to do difficulty spectrum because you could say did did they do hard versions of the forges or they were all the same weren't they they were all the same yeah there, there was no yeah there was yeah. no it was Sundial. I'm thinking of Sundial. Sundial was the one you could pick the harder difficulty, and there wasn't really a reason to. That and Menagerie. They've been really inconsistent with difficulty spectrum. They did difficulty spectrum for Menagerie, then they did it for Sundial. They did, they kind of did it for the Towers and nothing for Contact. So it's been all over the place. I, I don't know. I would love to see some consistency there. So the expectation is there's always that entry-level version of Wrathborn hunts or Empire hunts. So nobody's freaking out about sunsetting. And then the rest of us that are grinding and going for the best and leveling up and going into endgame, we understand there's a harder version of Empire hunts or Wrathborn hunts or whatever. And you set up that spectrum, that expectation. I just think that system works really, really well. And if they don't implement something like that, I do feel like that's one area sunsetting could start to fold in on itself. Yeah. Um, so another thing, I don't know. Do you? Do you? I don't know if you want us reading chat, but do you know what what Jay Gold means? He's asking us what the question is. Should Bungie care about that? Isn't that okay to ignore for the sake of progression? Cool stuff on the patrol area. He's talking about the confused. lost sector that we were talking about. Ah, like, like having a lost sector on the Cosmodrome that you can't go in there because your weapons are sunset. Like he's saying, isn't it worth doing that because it's cool? Right. Yeah. I, I exactly. That's what I think. I think it would be worth. It's cool, and I think it should just stay. I don't mind. I hope they're gonna do go that route. Right. I don't mind that. Um, I would have to like not use sunset weapons in those areas. I agree. Oh, mm. I, I I wasn't misremembering. Coldheart's right. They did get harder. The Bergu- like Bergusia was harder than Valunder. They did go up in power. I forgot about that. Oh yeah, they did go up in powers. I wanted to say that, but uh, not there was no hard mode or something. They just went up in power. Right. A little bit, yeah. Um. So the, the last question I wanted.